0: blog talk radio hey kids good afternoon this is little old me literally racing to get back home i could, i think i mismanaged my time today because it was just absolute chaos and insanity running around to the last second and i have to admit that i'm a little nervous about today's guest um if you read my background about her and my postings etc you realize of course that she is a um Significant show guest today for many different reasons. So I see that she's already holding. So without further ado, I'm going to put Irene on the line. We can start talking to her about herself and her book, which is again entitled They Serve Bagels in Heaven. Hi, Irene.
1: Hey, Sin, how are you?
0: I'm nervous. You're a big deal. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) I've been researching you. Are you nervous? (laughs) <laughs> because I've been researching you for a while and I've read your story and I've read your background and I know lots of things about you and I'm like, I always get excited when guests like you come on my show because I had a guest like you on my show last week and um, guests sometimes guests come on my show because they have messages or there is meaning and I uh, my heart tells me by the end of the show they'll have told me something, so we'll see.
1: I like it okay. when I get
0: subliminal messages so hi Irene and thank you so much for coming on the show I really 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 appreciate it because I know you're a busy lady I hear that you are running around about town doing is it we call it the bagels and book tour is that correct or have you not a started bagel that and yet book
1: tour. yeah I have a bagel and book tour I'm also appearing in Brooklyn this uh, coming mm-hmm. Thursday October 20th yes uh, at an author event I have another uh, a couple of author events coming up in Miami and uh, all kinds of stuff going on Yes, I
0: know. We're going to be talking about it. It is. It's very, very, very exciting. Um, So I have a bunch of different things that I have written up about you. So we're going to kind of jump around. Um, The first question that I have... um, I have two boys at home. I have two sons that are uh, 10 and almost 12 years old. So they were like, oh, that's really cool. You have to ask her about it. So I noticed this um, comment that you had listed on your page. So I have to ask you, this is a question for my sons, actually. You had a notation on there listed about Star Wars, the Force, and spirituality. And my kids are huge Star Wars fans. And they were like, what does she mean by that? And I'm like, I'm going to ask her when she comes on my show. So I'm asking, (laughs) what do you know about Star Wars that we don't?
1: Well, if you think about Star Wars, the essence of Star Wars is about you know the the uh, the, the good triumphs over evil, and it's a matter of um, attitude. And uh, I really think it's an extension of what we're talking about, and the, the messages that I received for the book uh, that um, really changed my life, and I think it's a reflection. Uh, when you look at that whole story, you know the positive versus the negative, the the, the light versus the darkness, and all of that. So it, it's very gotcha. similar.
0: Okay, awesome, absolutely. Oh, and you have the cutest little accent. Now, um, I, I'm curious oh, about can that because you Jersey. <laughs> yes, I was just going to say because if people, if you research her and you look, she's originally from Miami, Florida. So I think it's kind of funny that I'm listening to you talk and I'm thinking. How does she sound like one of us, meaning that I spend a good deal of time in New York City? So I'm like, how do you end up sounding like a New Jersey person when you were originally drive from Florida? Yes, Miami.
1: Well, I grew up saying pass the ball, y'all, but then I've lived in New
0: Jersey <laughs> for so long that it's rubbed off on me. Uh, and I just picked up the accent. So now I can be a noisy girl. <laughs> I got it. Okay, so that makes sense. So, yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. I'm like, I've been from Wisconsin my whole life. I go to New York City. I start talking like this, but so that Staten Island slash Jersey thing, so I totally get what you're talking about. Now, I also note that you're a graduate of the University of Miami, so you took up both music and business administration. Um, so I want to ask you about the musical side of things, because I don't know, do you utilize the background, that you're the educational background you, you got there? Musically, that is, because I, I didn't find any research that says you sing. Or, or do well, I, I, I grew up playing
1: the sin I, I grew up playing the violin, and I actually was the head of the second uh, violin section in the Alexandria Symphony, and I played my violin from the time I was, oh my gosh, about five or six into my well into my thirties, and then I owned two children's stores. Also, I was a buyer for Macy's, and I got very involved in retailing. And if you know anything about retailing, you know that there are no hours to breathe. So something had to give, and it was my, my music. I stopped playing so that I could work a million hours and do what I had to do and, and take care of people, but I still love music.
0: Ah, look at that. Okay, so obviously, of course, you're not going to, like, do another book and sing, like an audio book where you're, like, singing no. the message versus that. Okay, darn it. We were hoping. Definitely we No, so I just
1: did okay. an audio book. I didn't sing it, but I did you an audio book.
0: Yeah, I, I thought I about that. We're going to talk about there. that. <laughs> yes, that's right. Now, um, to those of you that don't know, obviously, Irene is not 30 years old, which means that she has a few grandkids. I saw Noah and David on your page, actually. So I was curious to ask, um... Do you have uh, children with, or did you have children with your husband, Saul? Or I was just curious about the background in terms of how many kids and grandkids and such, because that tells us a lot about the person you are.
1: Well, when Saul and I married, he had a very troubled marriage, first marriage, Mm -hmm. and I had had a troubled first marriage. And when we married, when we were dating, I said to him, you know, Saul, my my to-be-ex-husband, blah, 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 we were separated, you know. I said, um, he's got a lot of a lot of problems, and you're probably going to end up helping me raise my son. Actually, when sure. we married, my son was three, and he said, you've got the easy part of it. He said, I get a little boy who's three years old, and he's going to love me, and I'm going to love him. He said, I have two teenage kids. I've gone through a very acrimonious divorce, and you are they're going to make you crazy, he said, and I really hmm. need help with them. And we had a heart-to-heart understanding that I would help him with his And he would help me with mine. And I tell people, try getting full custody, full custody of two teenagers, 14 years old, three years apart in time. And if Mm -hmm. I weathered that, I can weather anything. (laughs) 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 It was not easy since.
0: Oh, that is so cute. My gosh, look at that. Well, and the thing is, too, um, the other thing that I thought – about you, or saw, rather, I should say, that was really neat. Now, you utilize tarot oils on a daily basis, and I have some girlfriends that are always pushing at me to do things like that. I mean, huge on that. They're like, you got to do this. you got to try this. So I I wanted to ask you, because you use those things, what are you using the tarot oils for, and how helpful are they for you, and what do you use them for?
1: I love essential oils. The first thing I can tell you, uh, I, I, and I, and if anyone wants to reach out to me and ask me about them, I would love that. If you want to okay. give people my email or whatever at the end of the sure. broadcast, but uh, um, I, a friend of mine introduced me to the oils, and they have one of the things. This is from DoTerra, which means a uh, uh, gift of the earth. And essential oils are basically, you know, they come these, uh, they come from the plants. And these oils are so pure. Uh, There's no additives, no nothing. Every one of their blends goes through seven different independent labs before they will release it to the public. They're therapeutic grade. And my best story about it is that I had had two failed LASIK procedures, and I had really big problems with my corneas where one doctor said, I want to perform experimental surgery on you, to oh um, correct your corneas, but you will be blind in each eye for six months. I was so scared, okay. and I started using these supplements from DoTerra Essential Oils, which is called the Lifelong Vitality Pack, which helps. You know, it. I mean, it supports not getting dementia, cellular renewal, arthritis, uh, inflammation goes down, and one of the and many many benefits. And one of them is eye health. So I thought. Before I I went to all these doctors, got all these second opinions, and I thought before I take a chance and go through this, which was experimental surgery, and I was so frightened, Mm -hmm. let me try using these oils, these supplements, because they say that they're good for eye health. And seven months later I went to my doctor, and she gasped when she looked through the instruments because my corneas had completely healed and renewed. My macula and optic nerve were those of a 20-year-old. She said, "What are you doing?" And the oils, these supplements, had completely brought back my eye health, and my vision even improved. Oh my god! It was miraculous and amazing, and and uh, as it's amazing, and as a grandmother. I have to tell you, they've, they have healed so many conditions that, I mean, my friends look at me and they go, whoa, you're in great shape. I go, I use these essential oils. My 92-year-old mother uses them. She's in better shape than any of her friends. For instance, she uh, went to a doctor and he Wanted to 90 years old she was. He wanted to perform surgery for carpal tunnel syndrome, and I said no, sure. no, 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 Mom, wait a wait a month. And she said to the doctor, I'm going to wait a month. And we, I work with a licensed, uh, certified aromatherapist, and I said, mm-hmm. Gina, what do we what do we use on Mom? She gave me the three oils that would work. We told my mom to layer them on her hand, and a month later, the doctor said I must have misdiagnosed because your carpal tunnel syndrome is completely gone.
0: Oh my God, really? I
1: mean, I've, yeah, I have stories for you of how people have healed melanoma. Uh, I have, I mean, unbelievable, unbelievable. It works with autoimmune diseases. It, I mean, digestive problems. They're amazing. I would love to tell anyone who's interested and share about these oils. They're fantastic. The company is growing as fast as Facebook. In seven really? years, they're going to make over a billion dollars. Because people oh, want amazing. natural. They don't want the chemicals and the side effects anymore.
0: Sure. No, I understand completely. I totally get it. That's why I think most people are kind of pushing at me. They're like, yeah, 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 you need to try this. And I'm like, yeah, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. And I know oh, it's say, important. We'll My best friend's talk. very big on that.
1: <laughs> yes, we will. Yeah, we we'll to Because I'll be in New York I'll City. <laughs>
0: so, yes, when I get to New York City next, I'll have to track you down because you're on this little tour thing. So I know that we'll run into each other at some given point in time, of course. Um I want to talk about this because this is important. And um, one of the things that you talk about um, is, and this is quite interesting, that up until a certain point in time in your life, you were never really a very spiritual person per se. And now if most people read your website or they come across your book, etc., they would think to themselves, you're quite the opposite, actually, quite rooted in spirituality. So um, was, it, did, was, there a, was it a surreal experience to go from one side of the spectrum to the other? That must be quite the adjustment.
1: I have an amazing story, and it begins my book. I thought all talk of the afterlife and afterlife experiences was complete hooey. My husband, Mm -hmm. uh, Saul, and I were married about 18 years, and one day I was washing dishes in my kitchen sink when he was watching a Jets game on TV, and Mm -hmm. a very strong thought came into my head, and it said, Saul has to go. Many lessons will be learned by his death. And I thought to myself, "What am I thinking?" And I went over to him. I kissed the top of his head. I brought him a glass of water, and I put it out of my mind because, of course, who's going to believe a mad thought that says your husband's going to die? And then, uh, a couple fast forward, a few months later, we were on the New York State Thruway, coming home from a wonderful weekend skiing in the mountains, and. Our car suddenly went into a swerve, and I looked over, and he was sound asleep at the wheel. I called out ah. to him, and he woke up. And the, when we started to flip the first of four times, because he tried to pull the car out of the swerve, and we started sure. to flip, as we started to flip, a second strong thought came into my mind, and it said, he's not going to make it. You are. We continued to flip we landed upside down, slid into a ravine. I look over at him. His entire personality, his beautiful, outrageous everything has left his body, and I'm looking at the shell of my husband. I feel the car being turned over. Two strong hands of an EMT began to reach through my window and pull me through the car, which was totaled a complete wreck. And as I'm sliding through my window, an unemotional but authoritative male voice trumpeted in my head and said, be loving and kind to everyone as they laid me on the side of the road. Before the helicopter came to get me and everything, it changed my life. And then I have an amazing story about how I got in touch with him and was able to work with someone and he gave me undeniable proof that it was him and he gave me information about what it was like for him to cross over. He answered questions I asked him about, about how heaven handles evil, soulmates, soul purpose, what happens between lives, what's heaven like. And I got a life review. I got all this information, and it's woven into a love story that spans generations because he also talked about past lives and different lessons, cosmic lessons that we had learned in each life as we were evolving.
0: And now, the book, I'm curious. I have to
1: say I'm so proud because it's gotten two mm. um, top professional five-star reviews and has many five-star mm. reviews on Amazon, and I'm, right. I'm just thrilled to be able to share this information
0: with people. Sure. Well, without a doubt. Now, I know that you had mentioned that. you. Okay, so you had to utilize, I assume, was it one medium or a series of mediums that you utilized to get these messages, or how did that come about exactly? So
1: what happened was, um, the first, about, I was in a wheelchair. I had four, three different operations from the accident, and I had just gotten out of my wheelchair when I got a call from my dry cleaner, because I'm a very friendly girl, and he called, he called me up. He said, you know, Irene, mm-hmm. I wouldn't tell this to many people. He said, but I want to tell you, I, he said that eight years ago, my son died of a drug overdose, and my wife and I were completely inconsolable, and we went to grief counselors and psychiatrists and social workers, and he said no one could help us. And then someone told us that the soul goes on to the other side, and he said we have talked. We've been had sessions with a bunch of these people, and he told me how he knew without a doubt that his, it was his son and he came through. And he said, and my wife and I are going to be seeing a young up-and-coming medium who is going to be very famous one day. We made a video for him. And if you come with us, it won't even cost you anything. And there's going to be a little gallery. He's going to be at a hotel in a different town than where I lived. So I had just finished using my, done with my wheelchair, got in Saul's car, and I drove to one town, got in their car, drove to another town with them. I walk into a hotel. This medium, this man, young man, looks at me, says, I don't even, and I'll tell you who it was in a minute. He said, I don't even want to know your name. And I got upstairs, and there were about 35 people in a room a bunch of people called the sitters who were hoping to hear from their deceased loved ones, and others who were writing notes for them because when your deceased loved one comes through, you forget your name, let alone that. Oh my goodness! And about halfway into the readings, he started getting messages, and I elbowed my dry cleaner and said, "Oh my God, Joel, it's Saul." There it was like, and I could tell you some of the messages. It was like no doubt that it was him, and. Mm-hmm. Saul came through for 25 minutes, and this medium was John Edward before he was famous. And it was amazing. And then, of course, I wanted to hear more. So I mm-hmm. found someone else who started to channel Saul with what they call automatic writing. She would get messages and write it on a piece of paper or whatever. And then I started getting messages. He started saying that he had died. There was a divine plan. I was supposed to write a book. It would help a lot of people. I was like, what book? I've been a violinist, a buyer at Macy's. I helped you in the real estate business. What book? But it was him. And I started to ask this woman, "Um, you know, if I'm going to write a book, I've been reading that people have past lives. She said, I can't get that information And my sister-in-law, who was very, very spiritual, recommended someone. And I went to her, and he started coming through her like it was unbelievable. She'd sit at a computer keyboard, and this information would just flow through her onto the keyboard, and I would ask questions, and this beautiful story started to evolve. Hmm. And I had this amazing experience
0: my goodness. Now, uh, let me ask you something. I I guess this is one of the biggest questions that came to mind, obviously, because you were married to your husband for 17 years, and this is your soulmate, obviously. And so, clearly, as most of us have lost a loved one before, there's obviously there's feelings of anger and loss and sadness and an acceptance period and such. So, were any of these messages of of more uh, curiosity or consolation to you? Because it it must be a little strange to obviously see your husband one moment, and now he's speaking – to you through for someone else, you know what I mean?
1: Well, I have to tell you that, first of all, it's a tremendous comfort to know that he's not completely gone, that he's on the other side, he's with me, um, not doesn't mean he's already told me, I want you to love again, I want you to go on with your life, blah, 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 that's what you're supposed to do. They don't have jealousy and those feelings on the other side, they, and he, um, and it, 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 like, it helps with the grief because if you know that that person isn't lost to you forever and you know that there are and you can change the attitude about the death to this person was a blessing in my life or this person was in my life to teach me lessons and and sure. and uh, this is school and that's home and that person is home waiting to me. I mean, you hear stories all the time, Sin, about people in hospice, and they look up and they say, I see my mother, or I see my husband, or I'm hearing this hospice is filled with these stories because our loved ones often come to meet us and bring us over to the other side, or they're there on the other side to greet us when we arrive. It's a tremendous comfort. I'm not saying I haven't grieved my, my heart out. I worked with a, sure. um, a life transition coach to help me with the earthbound grief I was dealing with, but the, it, but the fact that I knew he was on the other side gave mm-hmm. me an unbelievable amount of solace and comfort, which is why I wrote sure. the book, because a lot of people sure. have told me that it's been a tremendous help to them while they're in their grieving process.
0: Right, I was just going to say. Now, um, to give some background on this, of course, to those, most of us who have been listening in here or have listened in don't have the benefit that I do, which is knowing information about the book, et cetera. So, uh, Saul was your second husband. Um, So, obviously, tell us a little bit about the woman, Irene, the woman, prior to Irene Weinberg, the author, of course, because you had another life, another husband, another journey. What was the difference between your journey before Saul and after? I think that's very important.
1: I was a staid, traditional person living the life I had been brought up to live and believing the beliefs I had been brought up to believe. And um, I prepared, um, my background is Jewish, I prepared the mm. holidays, I brought up my son, I helped with my two stepchildren, I planned I planned parties, I helped my husband in business, I was a real traditional middle-class, loving, you know, family woman. Um, Mm -hmm. And when this happened, it's a spiritual awakening, and it rocked my world, but in a really Mm -hmm. good way. Like, I have to tell you that when I got that message to be loving and kind to everyone, so now think about this. My husband is dead next to me. A helicopter is hovering nearby to take me to an emergency trauma center. We held up traffic on the New York State Thruway for two and a half hours. They're tying a tourniquet around my leg to stop me from bleeding to death from a torn artery in the bottom of my foot. My eye had hemorrhaged. My collarbone was reversed inside my shoulder. I had lost a ligament in my knee. And I was a mess, but I've just been told to be loving and kind to everyone. And that message changed me from like screaming and feeling sorry for myself to being aware of every single person who was helping me in the hospital. I was thanking the people loading me in the helicopter. I, I was I was very aware, instead of like being as aware about and consumed with myself, I was very aware of everyone around me, so much so sure. that the assistant to the surgeon who operated on me said that I changed lives in the emergency room that night. They had never seen anyone react the way I did. And I said, Trish, I... I had a spiritual waking. I had a message. I never believed in this stuff. And I had this profound message that came into my head. She said, let me tell you, it really helped a lot of people um, the way you were. And so that's the change. I was a nice, good person before, hmm. but I'd say this turned me into a conscious person.
0: I, I began getcha. to realize now, are you... that
1: there's more you know, to our lives than just, this one time, and if we send our kids off to school or whatever, there's a, sure. there's a profound meaning to how we treat people in our lives and how we, how we mindset uh, what happens to us.
0: Now, I'm curious. Um, we all have families, and obviously you're not dissimilar to most of us, um, so let's say you come home one day and you tell your family this and you say, I've had this awakening and, and, and these messages, etc." So was the reaction more of the, oh, my God, my mother's going insane, or was it more of an embracement of the message and the, and the, um, the epiphany, so to speak?
1: It, I had three different reactions from three different kids. <laughs> my stepson <laughs> thought it was really cool. My stepdaughter said, I'll never read the book. I don't want to know anything about it. And my son said, Mom, don't embarrass me. Don't talk about it. (laughs) it Oh, my gosh. It it was the bravest thing I had when I first came out with it. I was so scared because I was still very worried about what people thought, and they'd think I was crazy and all of that. Mm -hmm. But the other thing that started happening, son, is that people started reading it, and they started saying, oh, my God, I'm getting so much comfort from this book. Keep going, Irene. This is wonderful. And then I, so I started getting out there and telling my story to people, and they were getting the book and all of that kind of thing. And so even though I had the naysayers, this I call this part of, I guess, my lesson that my soul signed up to learn, which was to be true to myself and my truth and to do what I needed to do, and people if people think it's crazy or they don't agree, I say to them, you have every right to disagree if it it hasn't been your experience. I'm just out there. I'm a messenger. I'm out there to open you to the possibilities and give you some delicious food for thought based on what (laughs) I experienced. (laughs) You know, I don't get upset about it. I used to be them. I used to be one of the naysayers. I was completely Folks, skeptical have to, about this
0: stuff. <laughs> I have to interject this story because I think it's completely relevant on the basis of what Irene just said. It's, it's very ironic. Um, one of the reasons that uh, when Valerie approached me about interviewing you, one of the reasons why I immediately thought to myself I should know this woman is because I know a woman very similar to you uh, who's a very close friend of mine who I've gotten very close to in the last year. Uh, she didn 't lose her husband, however, she had an awakening of sorts and uh, courtesy of her i've had awakening of sorts. She had a message for me, actually, her fiance had a message for me. she's a new york city girl actually she 's a filmmaker, and she gets messages and she takes her messages and she makes them into films instead of books she 's done books, yes, but I find it amazingly incredible one of the one of the best and most humble Things you can do in your lifetime is to take messages from another world, another person, in another place, and translate it into our world and pass those on to the people that need it. Um, so it's it's just I'm so excited that you're here. Um, Thank people you. People like I'm so you are, not, are very here. rare. You're very rare, actually. One of the things that I like about Irene, and, and to those of you, and we'll talk about this in a little while um, on her Facebook, uh, obviously, she puts all these various what I call life or love lessons, so to speak. So I want to talk about some of those. And one of these is, is very ironic. Um, I just am going through a breakup right now, and I just said to this gentleman, I said, you know, I'm interviewing this woman named Irene. And you talked about this experience, which I'd like you to talk about, um, which uh, you're, you indicated that one of the things about having a true soulmate was your soulmate in particular had encouraged you to heal yourself because in healing mm-hmm. yourself, you have a healthier relationship. And I'd like you to talk about that because I, I thought I had found my soulmate. And I, and I kept telling him, I'm like, you have to work on you in order for us to be healthy. And I think that that's an important thing to talk about. In, in your relationship, how did your partner, how did you know that what he was doing you, was putting you on a path to finding you?
1: It was amazing. I'll never forget. I had. I was disowned by my family for 23 years. I had. I had. Which I talk about in the book, which is about part of my history and all. I had a, a, a father who had a lot of emotional issues. My mother would be classified as a battered woman, and I was in therapy for a very long time to try to deal with my family. This was before my spiritual awakening, and when Saul and I were dating, and we had that talk about. He was going to bring up my son, but I was getting the much harder deal with bringing up his two children. One day, I was we were at a restaurant. I'll never forget it, and I was crying because I was so hurt. I didn't get cards for my birthday. I didn't get any family recognition, whatever. And it was my father punishing me because he couldn't control me and all that kind of thing, which I was just starting to understand in therapy. And Saul looked at me and said to me, I read I think we're going to end up together, and I am telling you right now that I'm going to encourage you to go to therapy and work on your stuff because it will not only be good for especially my kids who need to have a healthy surrogate to help bring them up, but it's going to be good for our marriage, and it's going to be good for you, and I love you, and I want you to heal. I was like, oh, my God, is this guy – like amazing. And like my my theory, I tell people, if you really find a soulmate who's right for you and all of that, you both make each other better. You're like each other's best support and fans and encouragement. We always, even when we had a fight, we'd fight from the same side of the net. How does this help both of us? How does how does this work right. for both of us? And my husband would be the first person to say, you know, I may be wrong about that. And he used to go to group therapy. He said, I'm going to go to group therapy. And if, if I'm wrong about this, I'm going to apologize to you. I used to say to myself, where did I find this guy? Oh, my God.
0: I my mean, gosh, what a know, blessing that
1: is. Oh, my, he was such a blessing. So... You know, that's how we started to, and I started going to therapy and working through, you know, the abandonment issues I had from my family and also working through trying to help my two very hurt stepchildren who had been through a terrible divorce and um, with their, you know, parents and blah, blah, blah. And it was wonderful. And not only that, Sin, let me tell you, after my father died, My mother called me about a year before he died. I hadn't talked to her. She hadn't talked to me, actually, in about 10 years. And I pulled the phone Mm -hmm. away from me, and I said, oh, my God, wait till I tell my therapist my mother's on the phone. (laughs) And I said, you know, Mom, I've been in therapy. I'm not going to pretzel myself to be in a relationship with you. You've hurt me a lot, blah, blah, blah. And she said, I know growing up in our home was very grim. And I said, You admit that? She said, Yes. And with time, she was open minded enough in her 70s that she went to therapy herself. And then my brothers, their wives, and I met with a therapist in Miami, which is where they all mm-hmm. lived. And we worked to heal our family. And now I have come from a completely wonderful, loving, family with all of that behind us we feel healed it all
0: hmm. oh and healing is such a wonderful process once you get to that point obviously um another one of the things that you have stated and and i love this quote which is live love as a behavior which is something that i feel is terribly scarce um in today's society especially well all you have to do is look at people talking about the election and unfortunately some of these things go out the window Tell us, in your experience, how have you learned to, to live that ideology, meaning living love is your behavior, meaning in thought, in action? Talk to me a little bit about what that means to you.
1: Oh, i love to talk to you about that. Well, first of all, the message that came through my brain was, or actually boomed by a voice in my head, be loving and kind to everyone, which I take to also mean to be loving and kind to yourself because you're as precious and important as anyone else in your world. But the thing is also in being loving and kind to yourself, that means that you don't have to embrace the toxic people in your life. So if people are toxic, you can protect yourself as an act of being loving and kind to yourself. But it also means to really live, let people know that you love them. Let people know. I mean, a lot of people won't. They feel like it's... um, A violation or they're going to to give a power to tell someone when they mean so much to them so I'm going to tell people a story. Uh, I was working with a medium for a while after this whole experience and after I'd written the book and I was and we would go we would see like over 150 people every three months in New Jersey who would come to hear from their deceased loved ones and all and we got an invitation to do a gallery, which is a group reading where different deceaseds come Mm -hmm. through, you know, to the people like I had experience with John Edward. And we were in Vermont. And when uh, we went to do this gallery, when we walked into the room, there was a young girl in the very first row crying hysterically. Her father immediately came through. And through the reading, we found out that the night before he unexpectedly died, he and his daughter had had a miserable fight, and they called each other terrible names. And through the reading, they apologized to each other, and they forgave each other. And by the end of the night, those tears had turned into smiles of joy and relief. And that experience, then taught me to be very mindful of how I treat people because you never know if that will be the last thing they ever hear from you. And from what I learned from that experience, what you say can leave a cosmic impression on their souls and on yours. I mean, here he came from the other side with all of this. And so as, as far as being loving and kind, it's about, I mean, Did they need to have a fight and call each other terrible names, and that was the last thing they ever heard from each other? Or, you know what I'm saying? Like with your loved ones, be mindful of what you say when you're fighting with people or how you're handling things. But at the same time, if there are people who are very unevolved souls or if they are evil or toxic or whatever, you have every right to be loving and kind to yourself and establish boundaries with these people.
0: That's all part of it. Nicely put, I have to say. Very nicely put, actually. So if I were to ask you right now, um, to those that are listening in that, that hear the term, and we've all heard the term spiritual awakening, does that mean that you are more God-loving? And this is more for interpretation's sake, meaning for so people get an understanding of what you mean by spiritual awakening. Because for some people that means getting closer to spirituality, getting closer to God or a God. Um, and I know you're Jewish, so I want to be clear have you be clear to your audience on what that means to you?
1: Well, my spiritual awakening, what it did for me, first of all, I learned from what I found out from Saul, which I talk about, which is in the book, that we're all the same sin. I mean, religions mm-hmm. are different expressions of God, but no one religion has all the answers. So, I, you know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I have a much more cosmic overall view of the world when i see people i don't see people with as much separation as i used to and secondly um i know i've also learned to suspend judgment uh and try to forgive people because some people are just at the very beginning of their spiritual it's like some people are in nursery school they haven't been here that much. They haven't learned that many lessons. And have you ever known people who are so wise and they've been through so much? Maybe they're evolved souls and they're, like, getting their Ph.D.s or something. So I have learned not to judge people as much. Uh, I've learned to be more forgiving, and I've learned to let go of the suffering and pain. I mean, I can now detach from, with love if so, like, I mean, I've had some experiences of people being very negative and toxic to me. And instead of getting all caught up in the drama, I bless them in my mind and I release them. And I don't get all crazed with it. That's what I call my spiritual awakening. I'm more conscious about how I live my life, how I affect others. How others affect me, it's not, I don't go through life anymore with this, which I used to, with like this victim mm-hmm. consciousness, "Oh, what well, was me, and sure. this is happening?" I'll more look at things out like, what lessons is this teaching me, And how am I going to process yeah. this and move through it?
0: Well and it's so and it, and I do believe, and I think you might very well agree with this ideology is, as as we age, as we mature, as life experience comes with loss and learning, it becomes easier almost to let get rid of the toxicity, rid of the drama, and start to come to a level of more acceptance of yourself and others. And I do think that does come with time or experience. or in your case, you've had age, you've had experience, you've obviously had wisdom. Have you ever received messages or, or, or guidance that has frightened you at all? No, because honestly, if it's real,
1: they will not come through with those kinds of messages. I tell people when they when they commute that's another message that's in my book. When you get into this world, just because a person can channel, I liken channeling or translating what the other side is trying to tell you. I liken mm-hmm. it to um, uh, be careful of the filter of the person who is relaying this message to you because sometimes they have a a tremendous talent. Like people have a talent in art or music or athletics or whatever it is. They happen to have this talent that they can raise their vibration to, and on the other side they lower their vibration so that people can get into their brains and then they interpret the vibration that they're hearing into words. But sometimes, and I've experienced people like this, their motives are not good, or they use their abilities to hurt people. And you have to, like, that's what gives this world a bad name. You have to be careful and make sure that the people you're dealing with in this world have very good reputations for integrity, and they're coming from a real a place of love. And if anyone gives you a negative message, like there's a curse on your head, and you have to pay me $500, mm-hmm. and I'll light a candle, <laughs> and blah, 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 blah. Sure. believe me, Exit, exit as quickly as possible. That person's not real. Yes. They're just trying to take you for your money.
0: Gotcha. They don't do that. No, if they're real,
1: they're coming <laughs> through to help you heal, and they're coming through with loving messages to let you know that they're on the other side or, you know, uh, to help you in your, um, what you're supposed to be doing on this side. If you're open to it and open to signs and synchronicities and all of that, anybody who tells you, Anything negative like that, no good.
0: So then if I were to ask you this question, which is to those that are listening in that are either suffering a loss or, or in my case in particular, I have someone who I, I love very, very much who is an ongoing cancer patient who um, is not doing well. And obviously our fear, all of us, we I think we all kind of share that same unilateral fear, which is, they're passing sooner than later, our ability to try to accept or cope with the absence um, in our heart and the physical presence, of course. So is there anything that you could advise to all of us that would kind of make it not necessarily, I mean, death is never easy for anyone, but to give us maybe a higher or, or more healthy way of accepting the inevitable?
1: Absolutely. First of all, if you lose someone who's dear to you, first of all, like, uh, first of all, take a look at, the beautiful pieces of them and what they did for you, with you, whatever wonderful traits they had, and try to bring that into you so you keep them with you and you share the beauty of who they were with others, which is very healing, and they, they're in a way with you. Second of all, if you need help, there are two levels. I got help on two different levels. I not only, and it's in my book, I recommend this fantastic Life Transition Coach who helped me. I was able to cry with her. She was able to help me process. And I also worked with a fantastic, very highly regarded spiritual healer who was able to help with work with me on an energetic level also to help me heal. Okay. This is not to say I didn't go through the stages of healing, all of it. Mm-hmm. But it was not it was an easier it was easier for me to process, because I always say, you know, as part of being loving and kind to everyone and being loving and kind to yourself, it's great to create a wagon train around you of people who can give you good people, who can give you support. You do not have to go it alone. So in my particular case, my, my posse, my wagon train, was this um, wonderful life transition coach. Was this marvelous spiritual healer? I also had a dear friend who was completely non-judgmental and had the patience to listen to me and love me as I went through the process. And I had a wonderful mom, who I was able to, who I ha, who I was now at peace with, and was a, who was also now a widow and was able to love and guide me. And my advice to anyone going through that is to find the right people for you to help you go through it and process it, and take. And, and, by the way, communicate with the person on the other side. Get the comfort that you know they're with you, and they often have very amazing messages for you, uh, When why they had a pass when they did. You get to see when many, many times I've witnessed people who were riddled with disease and problems and everything coming through to let their loved ones know they're completely fine on the other side. They're going to see them when they cross over, which is tremendous comfort, unbelievable comfort. And I recommend a few people in the back of my book who can do that. Also, a lot of people call me to say, Irene, who's real, who's good, Um, Mm -hmm. because I've been in this world. And uh, listen, it's terrible when you lose someone you love. I mean, it's it's such a hole. (laughs) But if you can start to fill it with these healing modalities and with people who can – I used to look at people who – were trying to help me as drops in a bucket. They couldn't take the place of soul, but eventually the drops Hmm. start to accumulate and then you start to create a new life for yourself with that person in your heart, with that person in your your soul, and, and move forward with what you're supposed to do with the rest of your life.
0: Now, I know that you have said, obviously, of course, um, that this book was part of your sole purpose, and in essence, meaning not sole, S-O-L-E, but S-O-U-L. So, curious about your take on this one. Obviously, there are other people out there in, in, a, in a very public light, meaning in the tele, on the television, et cetera, who've done lectures, public appearances, things like this. Um, Tell me something, as being in this realm, you know, because I, I get messages and I have had visitors in my home and I believe in a great deal of this. The question becomes is do you believe that the people on, let's call it the celebrity realm or the celebrity side of things, um, who, you know, claim that they speak to hundreds of people, et cetera, um, do you believe there is true legitimacy to that? I mean, you know, how 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 do you know if the message is real?
1: Okay. So, for instance – First of all, I go back to that first premise, Um, make sure the person is highly regarded and not just from their public system publicity, Uh, find out about people, some of these people are absolutely into this world for the money and some of these people Mm -hmm. are not sincere and use that loving and kind to yourself to to hone and use your instincts to see if if the person feels right to you. you know so you know so that's absolutely part of it um I, I i mean i actually use my inner monitor and i but i also ask questions and if and i've had a few experiences where people were not good people and i turn the other way and i go zip I'm out of here. I had one person who told me my husband's soul was going to be annihilated. I had someone else who oh put gosh. a curse on me. I've had, I've had all that kind of stuff. And because I have this wonderful spiritual healer I go to, who is legitimate and terrific, she has been able to remove some of these things from me, so that I can keep going on. Um, so you know, uh, you have to use your own judgment i've seen and witnessed some spiritual people in this world being very arrogant and not loving and kind to people when they're not on stage and it i use that as a way here i am in school to learn to be discerning about you just because a person's famous doesn't mean that they're real i mean look at in our world today there are people who are very famous but they're not good people you know? Oh no I know.
0: Yes, you do. Trust me, I I've learned this all too well as a matter of fact. So no, I agree with you as far as that goes. You know, because we all I think we all kind of harbor some form of fascination or have a fandom, if you will, about, I mean, who doesn't want to communicate with the people that we love, who doesn't want to know what's going to happen next week, next month. Um, You know, I'd love to have somebody show up and and tell me, you know, I've had, I've had individuals like yourself, you know, like I've had a professional medium on the show and she's wonderful. And she had messages for me and they were real and accurate. And I like it. We like that connection to be able to connect to the spirituality, although it does really come down to, I, I think in some degree, It's a safe space. It it is not what you see but what you believe to be true in your heart. Um, Your heart is clearly without a doubt, and I can hear it in the tone of your voice, um, with your soulmate, and I'm sure it will remain. So I guess the big question becomes, you know, if we have older gentlemen that are checking out Irene on my page and they're like, hey, I'd love to go out with her, are we ever going to find another soulmate or do you feel that your heart work will end up being (laughs) –
1: Saul channeled up there's another man out there for me, and he huh? said, listen, I ain't giving the job up as soulmate <laughs> to anybody, but I want you. See, there's no jealousy there. He said, I, Aww. and i witnessed this in galleries where the loved one, the deceased loved one will come through and say, I want you to be loved again. This is what, this is what it's all about. And I just wanted to add one more thing to our, our, sure. prior con- our previous uh, comment. Sure. How I knew it was Saul coming through when I started channeling messages for the book, was this medium, when she started getting messages from him, immediately said, why am I getting the name Cuz? That was his nickname for me. She described mm-hmm. through, He described to her the outfit he was wearing the night he died. He mm-hmm. let her know the first meal I ever made for him. He let her know. He, I got a description of his genitals, his toes. I mean, there was so much amazing information. And then with one of the past lives that came through, there was something he said that there was no doubt that it was him. So that's how I knew this was real. Again, you have to be discerning. And, and, you know, this was not just a trust your gut. This was like an, oh, my God, it is him. Sure. Including she gave me a joke. I mean, John Edward, when he first came through John Edward I got a joke that only Saul and I shared that no one could possibly know. He said to me, he's holding up a can of tomato juice, and he's telling me it's about a joke that only you and he shared. When my son was very little, Saul used to like to joke that Matt was so skinny that if you poured tomato juice in him, he'd look like a thermometer. I mean, how could could anyone know that?
0: Oh my God. See, and that just gives you, you know, that just gives you that rush, that twinkle, you know, that that goosebump on you that says, you know, the reality of that is something that is very, very difficult for some of us to get our head around. I mean, it's amazing when you think about how the spiritual world and the regular world connect on so many different levels. And it may not necessarily be a, a physical being speaking to you. It can be through actions, through words, through deeds. It, it's amazing. And I've come to appreciate that far more than I can tell you. Um, before I forget, there's some business things we want to talk about. First of all, I know that you mentioned that your audio book was due out at the end of this month in October. So I want to just clarify. I know that you're pre-selling them for $17.99, and then they will be later on $19.99. Um, do we have a specified date for the launch or the release? I should say of the audio book. Wait,
1: well, the audio book is available now on Audible.com, but the official launch okay. date is going to be November 7th. I'm having a press okay, uh, uh, you know, a press event in New York City okay. on November 7th but the I have to say uh the audiobook was recorded by I recorded some of my chapters because but and, and and Saul narrates in the book about his experiences and the person who narrated Saul's part his name is Brad Langer of Absolute Entertainment mm-hmm. and he was
0: fantastic
1: okay. and the book is just wonderful I mean hmm. Throw it in, you know. Get in your car, listen to the story. It's 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 spellbinding. It's a romance. You'll learn. You'll get a lot of a lot of food for thought about what it's like on the other side. You'll get a lot of questions answered. And I tell people, you know, you don't have to believe everything per se. Use your own filter. But a lot of people have said to me, Irene, one guy bought thirty books for Christmas. He stuffed his. Stu- he said, "They're all going to be stuffed. Oh my stuff gosh." Stuffers. He suffers, he said, okay. because my friends are all afraid of dying. He said, and this book gave me so much effort, I want to share it with my with my friends. Sure, of course. So, you know, use your own, uh, you know, filter. Yeah. And, uh, but enjoy it. And if you want to be skeptical, just enjoy it as the great read that it is. I mean, it's funny. Well, it's,
0: exactly. It'll, yes.
1: You know, it'll make you or cry, the- it'll make you laugh.
0: Oh, well, I was just going to say there's absolutely no doubt about that. Now, I want to tell everybody a couple of different things. First of all, I'm going to go down a, a list of different things and ways that they can find you and, of course, talk about the two events that you'll be at. And then, followed thereafter, the last thing I always do on my show is I get to tell my guests what I think of her. And I do that more so because of the fact that most people who don't recognize you and and are first hearing about you now, I can give my thoughts because they've known me for a long time. So I'll have some reflections of you. There are two different events that I want to talk about. Uh, one is, of course, October 20th from 7 to 8. You're going to be at the Bookmark Shop in Brooklyn, and that's at 8415 3rd Avenue. Again, from 7 to 8, that's a meet and greet on uh, October 20th. And then and on November 9th <laughs> Well, thank you. Um, also, on the flip side, November 9th from 6 to 8, you'll be at Books and Books, which is at 265 Aragon Avenue, and that's in Coral Gables in Florida. So on the opposite side of Spectrum, you'll be in Florida after New York, of course. Now, I'm going to go down this very long rundown. You're on Facebook, and the name of the page, folks, is They Serve Bagels in Heaven. Her Instagram is Bagels in Heaven. Her Twitter handle is at Bagels in Heaven. She is on Barnes and Noble, Amazon, Goodreads, YouTube. The website is They Serve Bagels in Also, I, I didn't want to forget to mention this. It was mentioned that you, now, do you run this group or you're part of the group Awakening Through Mind, Body, and Spirit? I didn't want to forget about asking about I'm that. I'm just
1: part of the group. I'm not. I'm oh you are. Okay, so you're not the facilitator. Oh, well, I, you know, it's okay. It's one of my it's one of my it's one of my hashtags and all of that kind of thing. Yeah.
0: Gotcha. But, okay, I just want to make sure of that. Okay. Did I miss any place where people can find you social media wise
1: Uh there I'm all over social media. They can click yes, on I know. Facebook, all those Twitter, different ones.
0: <laughs> yep. You betcha. <laughs> okay. So the last thing I want to do is the obvious, which is you get to rest of your your voice and I get to tell you what I think of you. These are my reflections on the basis of having um studied you for over two days and having investigated you and now listening to your voice, etc. Uh, I always think it's helpful to leave my guest as well as the people listening to my show an impression of who I think you are. Um, so these are my impressions of Irene Weinberg. Um, our conversation in this entire review was orchestrated by one sweet girl by the name of Valerie, which I'll acknowledge after the interview, um, on a czar page, a public relations page. So courtesy of this lovely young woman, I got to meet this even more larger than life woman by the name of Irene Weinberg. I knew from the moment that I started investigating from the title that she kept on her book that she would be someone that I would want to know. For one, because I was certain she had a message for me, and she did not disappoint me. She has given me three messages that I needed to hear today, whether she knew that or not. Second of all, I always gravitate to people whose purpose in life is dictated by heart and not by hand, by heart value, by soul purpose, by passion, and most importantly, not motivated by a pocketbook. You, my dear, all of those things. She envisioned by look sassy, short, sweet, silly, and amazingly intelligent She has a purpose that supersedes most of ours. She has a passion by which she talks about both her husband as well as her book. She obviously, just by the one picture that I saw, has a huge connection to her family as they do to her, which is always very admirable. I imagine that your life journey has reached its pinnacle the moment that Saul walked into your life and the moment that he walked out of your life. Two very important, very pivotal events in your life. You carry yourself with such distinction and grace. I can't tell you how grateful that I am that you'll come to visit me. I will be sorely disappointed if you don't come back and even more disappointed if I don't get to meet you when I'm in New York City. I really want to meet you in New delight. York City,
1: Finn. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and we have no, to talk so about the oils. And I'd love yes. to see oh <laughs> And I'd love to see some of your listeners at on Thursday, October twentieth and at the bookmark shop in yes. Portland. That would be fantastic. Well,
0: I'll give you a little secret here. I'm going to try I'm going to try to get there on the 20th. I need to get there because I have a calendar shoot that I'm doing in New York City. I do a lot of work in New York. So I'm going to try to squeeze over there and get there. And if not, I will reach out to you privately, get a full schedule of where you're going to be at, and I'll make it a point to get there because I, I, just, okay. I think you're lovely. And I do think that there are more Thank people you. that could be exposed to your message, without a doubt, definitely. Now I'll let you get back to your life, and I'll wrap up my show. Thank you again so much, and I will be in contact you. Thank you soon. from
1: my heart so much, and I Thank want to – Give much, many, you know, <laughs> blessings and love to everyone out there.
0: Thank, Thank you, you very much, Irene. Good luck next week. I'll talk to you soon. Thank
1: you. Okay. Bye bye. Bye bye.
0: Tell me, she was not absolutely lovely, right? Oh my God, totally was not disappointed. Just want to go through the rundown one more time. Uh, October twentieth, from seven to eight, she's doing a meet and greet at the Bookmark Shop, and that's in Brooklyn, address eighty four fifteen Third Avenue. Also, November 9th from 6 to 8 o'clock, Books and Books, 265 Aragon Avenue, Coral Gables, Florida. Uh, One more time, Facebook, They Serve Bagels in Heaven, Instagram, Bagels in Heaven, Twitter at Bagels in Heaven. And shoot, we forgot to ask her what the significance was to the bagels. Oh, well, next time. She's also on Barnes & Noble, Amazon, YouTube, and Goodreads. The website itself where you can find out information about her the book and all of her appearances it's they serve bagels in heaven.com again such a delight irena without a doubt absolutely I have to make my spiritual journey to come and meet you and just as a testament one further thing I didn't get to mention earlier uh, one of the things I think was so neat is and you don't see every author doing this but back in September she'd actually given away free copies of her book and I'm always an admirer of somebody who uh, thinks outside of themselves and realizes that the meaning and the message that they need to pass on is far more significant than what the monetary value is. So the meaning far outweighs the monetary value. And I'm so fortunate to know someone just like that. So Deborah, in case by some chance you are listening, you are one of those to me, but you already know that. Do not want to forget to send a special... Special huge shout-out, which I started to say, with Valerie at Social-Minded Media Group. Valerie, it has been such a pleasure corresponding back and forth between you and I. Thank you so much for the gift of your client. I hope that I did right by her and by yourself. I do hope that we're able to collaborate with one another in the future with future clients. Very, very excited to hear about that. Last of all, I want to remind everybody before I dash out of here, tomorrow at 11 o'clock Central Standard Time, Jamie Natalia, and that's Jamie, J-A-M-E-E, Natala, is coming on my show at 11 Central Standard Time. She is the CEO of Blue-Eyed Pictures. She's also involved in 800,000 different acting roles, along with being an actual honorary ambassador for the Clinton Foundation. So 11 o'clock Central Standard Time. I hope all of you have a wonderful evening. Don't want to forget to mention, in case you didn't see it on my wall tonight, Anytime between 8 and 10 o'clock tonight, I will be at Moe's where I'm going to be seeing Marcel Goyton. If we all know me, we already know what I had to say about him. One of the best musicians in Milwaukee. Come out, support me, support him. Hopefully we'll see you tonight. Otherwise, I'll talk to you on air tomorrow.